Hello, welcome back to another edition of Never Hedge. I'm your host, Christian. I'm here with my co-host, Shane, our editor, Brian. This is episode 15, and tonight is purely dedicated to the upcoming college football semifinals. We've got deep dives on Ohio State Clemson, Notre Dame Alabama. Good takes only, winners only. Let's get a poppin' Shane. It's your night to shine. Cue that motherfucking theme song. Uh, let's start off with the 1-4, because I think this matchup, just based on the spread, is uh, probably not going to be as competitive. We've got Notre Dame facing Alabama. Bama is uh, sitting right now at 19.5. I, I mean, just based on Notre Dame's last game, they got rolled by Clemson. Uh, they lost by 24, and it really wasn't that close. The last time they played Alabama in, meaning, in a meaningful game, they got waxed. I'd like to think that Notre Dame shows up here, but I I just don't really see how you can't take Bama mine, uh, minus 19.5. So I'm, I'm taking Bama here. I do have a play on the over, but Shane, what are your thoughts on on this one? Yeah, so I have a couple things. I went back and really studied what happened in the last Notre Dame Clemson game. And although it does look just on the front page of things that they got their ass completely kicked, but I think it has a lot to do with how they kind of approach the game. So teams love to kind of slow the game down in parentheses or in quotations. They like to slow the game down. And which is fine because you don't want to get into shootout with a crazy offense, but it also leaves you with a lot of third and fourth downs. So if you're not converting them, you could be really in a world of trouble. They started out the game fine when they were throwing on first down. They had a 62% success rate on early downs, gaining first downs 50% of the time, but then they just completely slowed down and they ran the ball 62% of the time. And that really just got them out of a unsurmountable hole. So so do you like Notre Dame here potentially? No, I I like <laughs> the I like the over here. Sorry. Yeah, I'm going to I do think that this isn't your father's Alabama's defense that we're seeing out here. Mm-hmm. They're I don't think they're as good as Clemson's either, especially on the front seven. They've given up quite a, ever since I mean they have battened down the hatches since the old Miss game, but I really think that Notre Dame with a proper game plan will be able to score. And we know about Alabama's offense, obviously. So kind of looking back at the Clemson game too, what they were able to do against Notre Dame, they were they started out, they threw 14 times on the first three drives and then started implementing some play-action passes. And then once the defense got softened up, then they started bringing in Etienne. So we know what Alabama can do with Devontae and Mechie. I think they'll get them involved early. And then we obviously know what Najee Harris can do too. So I really think that it's kind of a pick your poison, what how Alabama wants to attack you. But I think that they will. I think they're going to be able to name a name a number two here, like they have in the previous games. Yeah, the, uh, like I love that over as well. Um, Bama's defense. Uh, sorry, I shouldn't have to go this route, but as, except for Arkansas, they have been susceptible to giving up points. Uh, it's only 65 here. Notre Dame has shown the ability to score. They've put up some big numbers this year. I think they can at least get to 21 in this game. 
And I don't think Alabama is going to struggle to put up 42 to 49 points. So I really like the over 65. And I mean, call me crazy, but I feel like that 19 and a half should be a lot closer to like 27 and a half. I hope Notre Dame can keep it close here. I'd love to be wrong just because I'm fucking sick of Alabama just bulldozing their way to a national championship. But, uh, I'm going with Bama, 19 and a half. I'm taking the over of 65 points. I do think Notre Dame finds a way to put up their end of the bargain. I mean, their only shot here is, again, like we were saying, got to win the time of possession battle and try and keep the ball to back Devontae Najee Harris's hands. But like you said, they tried that game plan against Clemson. And, uh, you know, when they committed to the pass at certain times, it worked for them. But when you get yourself in third and long, you know, fourth, fourth and five, whatever, you're just, you're putting yourself in a tough hole there. So I think the smart play is the over and Alabama. Yeah, I agree. But also it's kind of weird that Alabama has turned into like the most likable team in the playoff with no LSU, obviously. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think Dabo, Notre Dame is the most likable team in the playoff. It's as hard as that is to say. It's definitely one of those two. Dabo, I mean, just think about three years ago was like the cool Southern likable guy, and now he's just a hypocrite, du- hypocrite douchebag. And then Ohio State's Ohio State, so it's it's either Notre Dame or Alabama. I had, I don't think Alabama. I don't think uh, <laughs> Dabo was ever the cool guy, at least for me. Just being someone who had to deal with Clemson fans all the time growing up. But uh, going off that, our second semifinal matchup, we've got Ohio State. They're still sitting at 7.5 with the news that uh, Clemson offensive coordinator Tony Elliott will not be available to coach in the Sugar Bowl. Shane, how much of an impact do you think that has on Clemson's offense? I think they'll still be fine. There's a blueprint on how to beat the defense that Ohio State's going to be playing, and obviously they've got the dudes to do so. So Ohio State likes to run this cover three and cover cover one schemes that have a single high safety, so there's an extra man in the box. But then when Clemson gets into these high leverage big situations, then they'll start letting Trevor Lawrence run the ball a lot more. Because, I mean, there's no need to when he's playing against Syracuse. There's no need to get himself hit all game. So they use this kind of scheme to even the numbers back out in flavor of in favor of Clemson. So I do think that Clemson will be able to move the ball just not only on that, but they will also set up some play action passes and they do these little screen passes. I think I love some props in this game. The numbers aren't out yet. But I have a couple circled. Uh, Clemson, Trevor Lawrence rushing yards over. I think he will get that pretty easily. Well, I mean, we'll see what it is. And then also his receptions, because I think he's going to do a lot of screen, little screen passes, little quick passes that are just like an extension of the running game. So I do like a couple things here, but you like a side. You want to go ahead and knock that out for us? All right. So, yeah, Shane, I do have a side here, and I don't love betting against Clemson, but Let's kind of just break this down for a minute. First of all, we don't have Tony Elliott for Clemson. Uh, 
our Clemson breakdown here. They've won 10 of their 11 games. Their only loss was a narrow one in South Bend to Notre Dame. Uh, Clemson didn't have Trevor Lawrence. Since then, they've been in cruise control. They've won their last three games by an average of 31.3 points, including a 24-point winner for Notre Dame in the ACC championship. That really wasn't as close as uh, the scoreline indicated. Well, you might disagree with me on that. But uh, Ohio State finished their season at 6-0. and Final game, Northwestern, Big Ten Championship. That was ugly there uh, for them for a while, but they put up 16 unanswered in the second half. They pulled away. They won 22-10. Now, there is bad blood here, though. Davos Swinney ranked Ohio State number 11 in his final coaches poll and then doubled down on it yesterday, just basically saying, hey, you only play six games. I don't know why you deserve to be anywhere in the top 10. I don't know, like, Dabo is just such a dickhead sometimes. You're poking the bear here against a team that I still think is really good, and I think this line is really heavily based on how Ohio State played in that Big Ten championship. So as much as I love that 1-2 Lawrence ETN punch, I mean, two guys who uh, were favorites for the Heisman before the season started, I think this is a line that's a few points off. I think it should be closer to four and a half. Uh, Ohio State's been embarrassed by Clemson multiple times in the last five, six years. Frankly, I just don't think Clemson is a touchdown better than this Buckeye team. So you've got two quarterbacks that are probably going in the top five. And I don't know. I just really don't like that minus seven and a half. I think that that little hook right there is is yelling at me. Take the Buckeyes. I'm I'm heavy on Ohio State plus seven and a half here. I think it's going to be a great game, but I don't think Clemson's two touchdowns better than they are. Well, or a touchdown in the field goal better than they are. So I'm very heavy on Clem on uh, on Ohio State in this game. Yeah, I think that's fair. There's just a couple concerning things. You know, like the phrase that everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Mm-hmm. Ohio State well, really hasn't been oh, no, punched Mike in the Tyson. mouth. They haven't really been punched in the mouth yet. Like, you know, Clemson, they took their bruises early. They kind of scr- struggled in the first half against Boston College. And then they were able to just figure some things out. And Ohio State really hasn't had that. Now, they, they had the one Northwestern test where they were missing a couple. They were missing Chris Olave, most importantly. But still, like when you get into these really big dog fights, you kind of want a secondary game plan that you can lean. Oh, that worked earlier in the season when our main game plan didn't work. And Ohio State really hasn't had that yet just because their lack of games. So I don't really think it's just an automatic given that Ohio State is has an advantage because they haven't been playing and they're healthier. I mean, there are some things that you're losing by not getting those reps in. No, I agree with you there. Um, man, I really hate betting against Clemson in these games too because they have, they've really done me well. Uh, the last few years I've been on Clemson both times and won natties. Uh, I just don't like that seven and a half. And I think that line might come down with Tony Elliott, you know, not being a part of it. But again, it's, it's always hard to kind of quantify the value of a coordinator or a coach missing. I mean, let's just look at the Detroit Lions last week. They got absolutely massacred by uh, Tom Brady's Buccaneers. 
without an entire coaching staff. Now, that's not an ent- like entirely comparable, but at the same time, you know, I, I don't know who's filling in in that role. Do we have an idea? Like, is it is Dabo taking over the offensive calls there? Is that going to be the QB's coach, wide receiver's coach? Um, yeah, I'm not actually sure. But, you know, like I said, I, I'm i kind of talking myself into the over, but instead I'm going to go with the Clemson team total over. Just, I mean, Ohio State secondary, they have been exposed in the very few games that they have been playing. Now, Penix Jr., obviously, we saw how incredible he was. He, he made some big-time NFL throws when they scored 35. I mean, those were all 35 of his points. They weren't they weren't earned anywhere else except with Penix Jr.'s arms. And, I mean, we know Trevor, he's probably the most coveted NFL prospect, at least of my lifetime. So he can make some of these big boy throws that other quarterbacks aren't able to make. So I do, I'm going with Clemson team total over 36 and a half. But, I mean, we could just see a shootout. That's what how these big games are now. They're not the old yeah. LSU Alabamas they're they're shootouts so I we're definitely in for a good game I think it's a big game for uh, Justin Fields though uh 12 of 27 114 yards two picks against Northwestern and that was for him I, I feel like pretty devastating uh stock wise I mean right now we're looking at Kyle Trask suffering a similar fate against Florida but or against Oklahoma excuse me I just think that line is inflated based on recent performances. So I'm just taking the value purely on Ohio State. Right. But- and I definitely I definitely think it's there too. Just I mean, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson account for nearly sixty percent of Ohio State's targets and they account for seventy five percent of their reception yards. So I think Justin Fields has a lot to prove here. We saw how Zach Wilson is just shooting up the stock board, just putting the UCF secondary to sleep in the first quarter. I think he has a lot to prove here, not only for his draft stock, but just for himself as far as confidence goes. Yeah. So let's uh, let's wrap it up here with our with our final takes on the game. I'm going Ohio State plus seven and a half. I don't, again, I don't love betting against Clemson, but I just think that you have to take Ohio State at that number. So I don't really have a play on the total, but um, yeah, Ohio State plus seven and a half, that's my play, and I I like it. Yeah, I think I think that's a fair, very fair play. That's, I mean, we're only getting 7.5 because of recency bias. We just yeah. saw Clemson have their biggest game of the year in dominating fashion. And then we saw Ohio state kind of sneak. I mean, they should have covered Ryan days a coward for not punching it in, but still they, they did not look themselves, but yeah, as far as I'm going, so I already mentioned the Clemson team total over. I think that they're going to get Trevor Lawrence, a bunch of short receptions. So I'm going to be looking for reception prop or a completions prop over on him and they really like to use his legs in these high leverage games so i'm also going to look for a rushing prop and probably first touchdown prop i know we got one for the national championship game last year i hit it uh but i don't know if they're going to give it for the semifinals but hopefully so hey shane for listeners where are the best places to find props like these yeah uh betonline.ag is by far the best place for player props well 
I guess Bovada has a lot too, but I primarily just use Bet Online. They have a lot of alternate props too, where you can say Trevor Lawrence, his rushing total is 16 and a half minus 120. You can also bet like over 95 rushing yards, seven to one, stuff like that. So they offer alternate stuff. So you can really get involved if you don't like a, like a side or a total in the game. So that's where I bet most of my first touchdown props too. Hey, I feel you there. Um, Shane, now let's uh, just kind of talk about a game right now. And I want to, this is more directed towards experts telling you what to do. (laughs) Was it, what's the guy's name? Tony Fields. Is that? Tony Fields is his name. Yes. He tweeted this amazing, amazing tweet this morning. And this guy's an expert, by the way, folks. No, his name's Mike Tierney. Mike Tierney. Oh, well, he's uh, Tony Fields to me. Tony Fields, Mike Tierney, a.k.a. Tony Fields. So (laughs) he bet this morning, he bet the under 67.5 in the Cotton Bowl, stating inclement weather and high winds and rain. And the rain. Unfortunately for... Tony Fields, a.k.a. Mike. This game is being played indoors. So, (laughs) please check your local listings before making wagers. Guys, you can't trust people like this. All right, we actually come here, we try and do the research. Granted, I I do believe on episode two or three, I broke down a game that was at a different stadium than I thought it was. But, for the most part, we're pretty much spot on with at least our weather analysis uh yeah that's that's uh step one in handicapping the weather get the right city and get the right stadium get the right city get the right stadium make sure the guy that you're betting on or the quarterback you're betting on is actually playing which kind of brings me to uh let's just touch on briefly the upcoming games we have uh, this weekend in the NFL, we have a few things, you, a few games that have like massive repercussions. M- most importantly, the Browns are quarantined again. Uh, they're locked out of their building, but they're also facing the Pittsburgh Steelers, who shockingly could, with a win in the Buffalo Bills loss, win, like uh, get the number two seed. They're starting Landry Jones. I don't even know what to expect from the Browns here. So, Shane, do you have any just ideas of any spots you like on, in the NFL this weekend? No, week 17 is a complete stay away, except I am very glued into the first halves, seeing kind of what things are going on, and then yep. maybe hopping in in some second halves. I did bet... Put in the boo noise. I did bet the Falcons plus six and a half this week, mm. but that's that's the only pre flop thing I've bet so far. I don't know. The Buffalo uh, is apparently going to rest starters too because they've they opened up as a big fave and now they're one and a half. So I would assume that they are resting. Well, that's the only way that they could be only a one and a half favorite at home to the Dolphins. So it's just a wonky week. Be careful. Don't don't think you're getting a steal. Because you're not, somebody knows something that you don't. If you see a line that's like way off, you're like, oh, that can't be possible. It is possible. And somebody that knows more than you made it that way. So just be careful, folks. 
I have a line here that I hate, but I like it. The Jets are plus three at New England. The Jets are locked into the number two draft slot. They've won two out of the last three games. The Patriots offense has been just abysmal the last few weeks. <laughs> Is it in crazy the- to take the Jets plus three on the road in New England? I kind of love it. Well, they stole one of the circled spots I had earlier this year when it looked like they were going to just tank and they were going to go 0-16. Bill is just going to – he had the chance to keep Trevor Lawrence out of his division forever by losing this game if it came down to it. And I was going Ooh. to back the Jets because Bill, he's smarter. He's smarter than that. And it's not going to happen anymore. But the Jets are – they're trendy. I think they're a trendy team right now. Dude, the defense is good. The defense is like legitimately they've they've like turned the corner. Not only that too, we're finally seeing Sam Darnold play like the quarterback we thought he could be. Adam Gase literally did everything he could to just destroy this guy's uh future, but I Oh, man. Reluctantly, I think I'm going to take Jets' money line. Yeah, that's part of the canceling Gase is now we don't know if it's because Gase is awful, which he is, or Darnold is awful because they kept Gase on for so long. And now we don't get to know if it's one or the other or both. So that's kind of a bummer. I think now they might have to stick with Darnold since they're missing out on the Trevor sweepstakes. So the other big spot we have here, it's Cardinals-Rams. The 8-7 and seven Rams are going to L.A. Uh, to face the 9-6 and six Rams. It's winner gets in. Kyler hurt his ankle last week. He's been, all week he's been talking about, you know, the ankle's good, I'm going to be playing. Uh, Arizona is favored by three on the road here. Which, man, I don't. I don't. I, it sounds like. Uh, well, it doesn't sound like it. John Wolford, former Wake Forest Demon Deacon, is going to be starting for the Rams. So we've got a injured Kyler and a former Demon Deacon, John Wolford, starting for the Rams at home. Any thoughts on this one, Shane? I've got a big Cardinals future here, so I really need a Cardinals win. But this is like the other game that has massive playoff implications. Yeah, and it's down to, like you said, John Wolford. And if Kyler, you know, if he gets dinked up, it's, it'll be Chris Strebler, which I don't even, I don't know who that is. He's the mm-hmm. Cardinals backup. Chris Streveler, he's Kyler's backup. I've I think that Blake really Bortles should be all-time quarterback for both teams. I think that's fair. Just do it like we used to do, like, you know, playing seven on seven. You have your... And with it, you have one like odd man out or seven on eight, and you just have an all time QB. I would give, although it's their favored, I would probably give the edge to the Rams. McVeigh is such a good schematic genius. He's not that great of an in game coach, but the Cardinals' red zone offense has been so bad lately that. If Kyler gets banged up, I think I'll be watching that one very closely because if it comes down to 
Chris Streveler and John Wolford, you said? Yep. Then I will give the edge to McVeigh, who basically gives you the answers to the test, which is what's so sad about how bad Jared Goff is, is because he literally gets the answers and still is like a C student. So that's just that's something final, that's something I'll keep an eye on. Our final thing here, uh, the NFC East, we've got Washington on the road in Philly. Washington wins, they're in. If they don't win, if Philly pulls off a home win, which uh, Washington's only favored by uh, one and a half, Jalen Hurts finally got his little taste of you know how it feels to get your ass kicked in the NFL last week. That game, and then we've got the Cowboys and the Giants. And if the Redskins are to lose, the Cowboys are going to New York. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites. The winner of that game would go to the playoffs in the event that Washington loses to Philadelphia. Shane, any predictions on how that turns out? Because I've got – I'll try to lead off with my take here. I think Philly's going to win, personally. I mean, Dwayne Haskins has done – we don't know Alex Smith's situation yet. And if he doesn't start, it's going to be Taylor Heineke, who, as a former Panthers fan, I can tell you is competent. But I, it's just such a Philly game to win here. Like, I don't know how the Eagles do it, but they just win the most random-ass games. I mean, they beat New Orleans a couple weeks ago. I honestly think the division winner is going to be the winner of that Cowboys-Giants game in uh, MetLife Stadium. Yeah, I know who the Bucks are hoping wins, and it's not the Cowboys because they, I mean, just through quarterback injuries and, you know, that little stretch right through the middle of the season, I mean, they still are a very talented roster, far and away more talented than, than any other SEC, or not SEC, NFC East team. I mean, just the receiving core, Mm-hmm. The running backs. I I don't want. If I were a Bucks fan, I would not want to see the Cowboys. Just because I mean, any given Sunday, and they're clearly the far and away, top to bottom, the most talented roster in that division. So, and Andy Dalton's getting. Uh, he's just starting to figure it out. Alex Smith did not practice today, by the way. So we're looking more and more at a potential uh, Taylor Heineke start, which. Folks, don't get me wrong. Taylor Heineke, he's not bad. I watched him play for Carolina multiple games last year. He looked, I mean, he brought Washington back in the game against Carolina last week. He's not a dull. I'll put it that way. I I really struggled to think that the Eagles can, or that the, the Redskins can win that game, football team. The great thing about it is the Washington Cowboys game is played at one and we have Sunday night football, Washington, Philly. Oof. With everything on the line, that one's going to be so much fun. I would just love to see the Eagles screw the Redskins out of the playoffs. Uh, Fuck it. I'm just going to call them the Redskins, but that's basically our NFL recap. Uh, Shane, do you have any futures you want or you like or don't like going forward? A lot has changed now. Yeah, the well, Browns my Cowboys, are... my Cowboys twenty-five to one future 
that I bet before the season is live again, even though they're like 150 to one now. That'll be nice to get into the playoffs, even if it's like the worst value imaginable. It's better than having to be paid out on Monday. Well, dude, I'm all right. My ideal week goes like this: Cardinals win, get in the playoffs. Giants win, and then the Redskins lose to the Eagles. That way, I have my Giants 125 to one to win the Super Bowl, and my Cardinals like 38 to one to win the Super Bowl. That would be pretty, but it's going to be a crazy Sunday. This is always one of the crazy, especially, especially this year. There's like so many different scenarios. Yeah, I'm going to be stuck in my seat. Brian, yes, you got any? Uh, you got any plays for us? You got any hidden gems? You seem to always pull something out of your out of your hat. This weekend, as of right now, where we stand, I've got nothing, but I'm sure I will have something. So look for that. On uh, our Twitter page at NeverHedge. There you have it. Which also, guys, if you didn't listen to our last interview with Brand Tobler, that was awesome. I mean, just this guy has stories that I think, Shane, you said it like he's lived more lifetimes in the last 15 years than any of us could hope to live in 10 lifetimes. Just a cool ass dude. Uh, head over to Never Hedge. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Apple Music or uh, Apple Podcasts. You can find us on iHeartRadio, Anchor, wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out. Um, and head over, hit that subscribe button. Hit, give us a five star review if you like the pod. If we give you winners, which we try to do. But let's recap the college football before we roll out here. So the uh, Clemson Notre Dame game, or excuse me, Alabama Notre Dame. Shane, I'm on minus 19 and a half when I'm on the over of 65 points there. Your plays? Yep, I'm on the over with you there. Okay, and then we've got Clemson, Ohio State. I'm on Ohio State plus seven and a half. I have no play on the over or under. Just not really sure what to expect there, but I do love Ohio State plus seven and a half. I think that line might come down to seven with the Tony Elliott news. So if you can get seven and a half now, I would take it. Yep, and I'm on Clemson team total over 36 and a half. And then I'm on the lookout for Trevor Lawrence completions and Trevor Lawrence rushing yards over prop. And guys, remember, you can get a lot of those props on Bet Online. Uh, this is not a formal endorsement of them, but that's But if they want to them. send us money, we can, and we'll send yeah, you over Yeah, Bet Online, if you're listening to this. I'm sure you are. Uh, which they are, obviously. Just, uh, you know, send a little cash our way. We're not greedy. All right, guys, that is uh, episode 15 of Never Hedge. Shane, Brian, always good to talk to you guys. And this will be our final episode before we get into 2021. So I wish everybody a happy new year. Uh, Let's all make some money, and we'll roll into 2021 with episode 16 coming up. That will be a national championship episode. That will be a playoff or uh, NFL playoff preview episode. So, Whew. Enjoy your football. We've got a ton of it. Fortunately, not as many uh, bowl games as we'd like to, but, you know, it happens. Final thoughts, Brian, Shane? Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Fuck it. All right, folks. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Cheers. Or in a few days.